Shalom Abrachor of the Mesechus Nadarim Daflamit Ches. Today's daf discusses whether Havamina uh, that Torah was only given to Moshe Rabbeinu. We learn about the qualities of a Navi based off of Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, a Navi being wealthy. Then back to Nadarim stuff. We discuss feeding a pet of someone who you're not allowed to give Hanot to. Intermarrying, marrying into someone who you're not allowed to give Hanot to or get Hanot from. And we learn about some micro Hanois, little tiny Hanois, which would not be considered a violation of the Hanah Neder. We begin with Rabbi Chamo Rabbi Chanino, who tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu got rich from the leftover shards of the Luchais. The Pasuk says, which tells us that the Psoilas of the Luchais, the sapphire blocks, were property of the Rabbeinu family. Next, Rabbi Yoyis Rabbi Chanino tells us, that the Torah was only given to Moshe Rabbeinu and his kids. Tremendous half of but he, he learns this from the Pasuk of Ksav Lecha, and the Pasuk says Psal Lecha. Just like he got to keep the Psalas of the Luchas, the writing was also for his. The Torah was his. Moshe was a Tevis and he was a big Tzadik, and he gave the, 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 the he passed on the Torah to Klai Yisrael. And the Pasuk says about him, Toiv Ayin Hu Yivarech. Can you imagine that car is a type that we have to Moshe Avenu? He could have kept it, kept it for himself. However, Rav Chista says, what are you talking about? The Pesach says, Moshe Avenu got the Torah to teach it to us. The Gemara says, no, no, what the Pesach was saying was, Hashem commanded it to me. Then I decided to pass it on to Klai Yisrael. Ah, what about the Pesach? Again, the Gemara breaks down the Pesach. Hashem commanded me, and I passed it on, Lachem. What about the Pasuk about Atokisfu Lachem, Write it for them. Okay, maybe that was just the Shira. That was not just from Moshe Benu, but everything else was. Eh, the Pasuk says, Lamantia, Li Hashira, Azois, Le'ed, Bivne Israel. There's no Edus in just the Shira. It must be referring to the rest of the Tyra. Elagamai, the Gemara says, You're right. The pilpul of the Tyra was given only to Moshe Rabbeinu. And that was the matana that he passed on to us. He sheared the pilpul of the Torah with us. Next, regarding the qualities of a Navi, Rabbi Yochanan tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only on someone who is one, a Gibar, two, an Asher, three, a Chacham, and four, an Anav. The Torah Tamima says that technically he doesn't need the first three, but in order to be an Anav, one needs to also have other qualities that he's an Anav about. If he wasn't a Gibor Asher and Chacham, it wouldn't be a challenge to be an Anav. Moshe Rabbeinu had all four of these qualities. He was the Gibor, we see the Pesach says, He spread out the oil and he set up the whole Meshkun himself. And the Pesach says that, that the length of the beams were ten Amos. The Gemara says, okay, so he was very tall. Maybe he was the, he, you know, we do have a Medrash of him fighting uh, as being ten Amos tall, so maybe he was very tall, but he wasn't necessarily strong. Where do we see that he was strong, that he was a gibar? That we see from the Pasuk of him smashing the luchas. He threw it down on the ground and they, and they shattered. Now these were not little tablets. The luchas were six by six by three tfachim. They were massive blocks of sapphire. And Moshe Rabbeinu was able to throw it down and demolish them. How do we see that Moshe Rabbeinu was rich? That we, he got from the psoilas of the luchas like we learned before. Where do we see that he was a chacham? Rav and Shmuel teach us that there were 50 gates of Bina created in this world. 
and they were all given to Moshe Rabbeinu minus one. He got 49 of them. The Pasuk says, Hashem held back one fiftieth of the Bina from Moshe. But he was brilliant. What about Onov? That we, the Pasuk says, for Ish Moshe, Onov Me'oid. Next, Rabbi Yochanan tells us that all Nevi'im were wealthy. How do we know? Well, look, we have Moshe, Shmuel, Omos, and Yoina. They were all rich. Where do we see that Moshe was rich? By him, the Pasuk says, Lo'i chamor echod mehem nosasi. I didn't borrow any of your donkeys. Now, obviously, we're not talking about someone who rents it without paying. Even with paying, Moshe Rabbeinu had so many donkeys, he never even needed to rent one. Or maybe it was, it was because he was so poor. No, we know he wasn't poor because he got the psalas of the luchais. By Shmuel, the Pasuk says, Hineni... He didn't ever need to borrow any of these things from anybody. Now, we're not talking about someone who, who took, it, took these items, these animals from other people for free. It means that he never even needed to rent because he had so much himself. Maybe he was poor. No, he wasn't poor. The Pesach says, and Rav explains that he had houses all over the place. Wherever he went, he had a house. So Shmuel was also Ravi, was also wealthy. Rav says that the psukim that we have by Shmuel show even greater wealth than by Moshe Rabbeinu. Because by Moshe it says that he didn't even rent an animal from any, anybody. By Shmuel it says he didn't rent even Berotza. And the psukim says, How do we know that Omos was wealthy? The psukim says, Vayan Omos Vayoymer. And Rabbi Yosef translated this shikmim as he had these these sycamore trees, very, very expensive wood. So Amos was also wealthy. Yoyna, we see that uh, he was wealthy because the Pasuk says, When he hopped on the boat, he paid. And Rabbi Yochanan explains that he didn't just pay for his ticket. He he rented out the whole boat because he wanted it to get moving right away. And Reb Roimnois says that to hire out a boat costs 4,000 golden dinar, a tremendous fortune. You see that Yonah was also wealthy, a quality of Nevi'im. And finally, Rabbi Yochanan tells us that at first, Moshe Rabbeinu learned Tyra, but then he forgot it until the Rabbanu Shalom gave him the entire Tyra as a matona to be able to remember it. We see this in the Pasuk, Hashem gave it to him. It's impossible to remember that amount of information than to be able to remember the entire Taira in 40 days. Now we have a new Mishnah that tells us, remember we learned Masech Nadarim, that if someone makes another and he's not allowed to give Hanot to somebody, he's still allowed to feed his wife and kids, even though the guy who he's not allowed to get enough from is chayef to feed them, that's not considered giving him Hanot. However, he's not allowed to feed his animals, whether they're Tomei or Tahar. Rabbi Eliezer says he is allowed to feed the Tomei ones, just not the Tahar ones. And when asked what's the difference between Tomei and Tara, Rabbi Eliezer, he answers that the Tara ones, he's going to eat. But the Tomei ones, even its body is L'Shemayim. But the Chachomim, who say that it's usher to feed even the Tomei ones, say that even the Tomei ones' body is a benefit to its owner. Because if he wants, he could sell it to a guy or feed it to his dogs. And the healthier, the fatter the, the Tomei animal is, the more Hano he's getting. So you are, in fact, giving, giving him Hano, even by the tar, by the Tomei animals. Now, in the Gemara of Yitzchok Bar Chanina, tells us from Rav Huna, 
that if someone is moider his hana on his friend, he's still allowed to marry his daughter to him. So Abzira clarifies this case. Who's usher to who? If the Kala's father is not allowed to give any hana to the chasan, how is the chasan allowed to marry this girl? He's getting at least a, a shifcha from this person who he's not allowed to get any hana from by marrying his daughter. His daughter's going to be helping him out. Elamai, it's the opposite, where the father-in-law is not allowed to get any hana from the chasan. The problem is that we started off my Mishnah saying that one is allowed to feed the wife and children of someone he's not allowed to get enough from. He's not allowed to give hana to, even though the guy has to, is chayv to feed them. If he's allowed to feed his wife and children, he's definitely allowed to marry her. What would be the chiddush in telling me that he's allowed to marry the girl who he's allowed to feed? That's not considered giving hana to the father-in-law. Zalamai, who's hana? The Gemara answers are talking about a case where the father-in-law's nechassim are usher to the chassan. But his daughter is a bagaras and she's marrying him with her own das. So it's not like the father-in-law is giving him hana. We also see this in a brisa, a case where someone doesn't allow his friend to mix an edra, that his friend can't get a hana from him. He's not allowed to marry his daughter unless she's a bagaras and it's with her own das, that's not considered getting hana from him. Next, Rabbi Yaakov tells us that if someone makes an edder on his son, there's different explanations to what, what this means. The Ramam says, there are different explanations. The Ramam says that he, the father is disappointed in his learning, so he's made his anna. The Ramban says that he, he's made his anna so that his son will learn better. Instead of getting enough from him, he won't, be, won't have all those distractions. He'll be able to just sit and learn. In any event, he made a edder that his son's not allowed to get enough from him. Or, even so, he's allowed to fill up a barrel of water for him or to light him a candle. That's not considered hana enough to, to break the nether. Rabbi Yitzchak said he's allowed to roast him some small fish. Also, that's not considered giving him hana enough. Rabbi Yirmiyam Rabbi Yechonan tells, tells us that if someone makes uh, a nether not to give any hana to his friend, he could still pour him a cup of kois shel shalim. What's this kois shel shalim? So there are two explanations. Either it's the uh, kois that they have in a base Avel, or in Eretz Yisrael, they would say it's the kois of the base Hamerchat. We have an Abraisa. Yeshua Ish Uza tells us that even if one's not allowed to give any anot to someone, he can still feed his servants and maidservants that aren't Jewish. Although he's not allowed to feed his animals, whether they're Tomei or Tahar. Why not? We see his slaves are there to work. His animals are there to eat. So feeding his animals would be, would be directly giving him, well, indirectly giving him food to eat by fattening his animals. Since no one's eating his slaves, it's motor to fatten them up. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.